Welcome to Billionaire Healthcare, bringing the health secrets of the rich and famous to you. Your host is Ashley Black. We'll talk about what's really going on inside your body and what you can do to take control of your health and wellness. Now, here is your host, Ashley Black. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. How are you doing? I guess it's a still technically morning on the West Coast where our um, guest is from today. Just, I wanted to welcome everybody to another edition of Billionaire Healthcare, and I want to make sure that you get to all of the right resources. So number one, if this is your first time to listen, the reason that the show is called Billionaire Healthcare is because there are these unbelievable global citizens, billionaires, and they have access to things that the common people don't. And I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. So we are diving into the secrets of the rich and famous on this particular uh, show. And this is a great episode um, for that because we have an incredible uh, medical doctor. Her name is Heather Tick. Dr. Tick, welcome so much to the show. How are you today? Thank you so much. It's a sunny day in Seattle, so I'm great. Oh, we are gloomy here in Texas. Not fair. That's okay. That's what airplanes are for. So (laughs) I want to welcome you to the show and give a little bit of your background because she has authored several books, um, mainly in chronic pain, but I have actually read a piece of holistic pain relief and it's incredible. And I could not wait to get Dr. Tick on the show to you know, tell us a little bit more about her book, how all of this meshes with fascia. And um, of course, we'll always have Bart weighing in. Uh, Bart Jameson is with me. He's former trainer for the San Francisco 49ers. And we're going to be talking all about how you can take care of your body today. The whole show is always about what can I go and do like right this minute. So um, I want to jump in. But first, let me make sure that Anyone who wants to follow us, you can go right on to Voice America. That's where you're going to get the best audio because it's professionally produced. And just click on Health and Wellness Channel, Billionaire Healthcare. Of course, my show is the favorite one. Um, or you can go on to Fascia Blaster's Facebook live feed where we can see your questions and we're actually able to interact with you. So again, that's voiceamerica.com, Billionaire Healthcare, or Fascia Blaster's private group on Facebook. Okay, with all that done, Dr. Tick, I want to jump right in and talk about your background because we had a great little conversation yesterday and I thought it was a really unique approach when you even began medical school. So can you tell our viewers a little bit about how you approached that initial, you know, degree? Sure, thank you. I decided I wanted to go to a conventional medical school because I wanted to know the information that was there because that's really, uh, certainly at that time, it's changing a little bit now, but at that time, that was really where the power in this medical system was. And so I I had my skepticism from the very beginning. I always knew that uh, staying healthy, keeping healthy certainly was more uh, practical than waiting till you get sick and needed medicine. Um, and so I went to medical school and uh, was learning all about, I mean, amazing things because you, you get a lot of information, but it is all about diseases pretty much. There's very little there in the conventional medical schools, uh, in most of them, that teaches you how to keep your people healthy. 
Um, well, and I think it's... Go ahead. I, there's a little second delay, so I apologize for that. But, um, you know, I also wanted to mention that you are a uh, professor at the University of Washington and you're fully engaged in research. Um, and my viewers don't know you. So she, uh, Dr. Okay. Tick has been practicing for 30 years. So you've seen kind of the full gamut, you know, um, and maybe you can contrast that. Like when you went to medical school versus what they're doing now, is there a change? Um. There, well, there's an awareness that, uh, that we don't pay enough attention to health and healing. And that's really a movement that is being supported by people, people like you, people like your audience. And I really so love the way you introduce your show, taking control of your own health and wellness, because that's where it's at. And that is what is the power that is changing this system. So for me, I call it healthcare right side up, and that, that's the part of, my, of the movement that I'm part of. And it basically means we're doing everything right now backwards. We go first to drugs and procedures and things that are risky, and most people don't recognize that the healthcare system, the medical system, shouldn't even call it healthcare system, the medical system is at least the third leading cause of death in this country. That's a staggering statistic. It should be horrifying to us all. It is horrifying to us all, but we we gloss over it because it's too horrible to think that. So we carry on with our day-to-day activities that feed into a cause of death, a significant cause of death in the country and illness. Well, I would love to chime in on that on a personal note because, you know, I've had some incredible doctors over the years. I had an incredible doctor on the show a few weeks ago. It's not about like good doctors or bad doctors, but you have to understand when the skin is open, it's risky. I went in for a simple hip aspiration and almost died, you know, so... I, I just, I think for me, my message is not, you know, there's brilliant surgeons, they're saving lives every day, but every time we go into a hospital, every time that we open our skin, every time that we take a chemical, we need to understand what the risks are and make a educated decision about that. And that's the problem that I have is the lack of education for the patient and the lack of responsibility of the patient. What's your take on that? That, that, that's absolutely right. You've, you've just summarized what some of the key issues are here. We're dealing with people who go to school to, to do good, but then they become part of a system where we just take for granted that, well, this is what everybody's doing. Everybody's giving non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, ibuprofen, and those kinds of drugs. And, and so they must be okay. Well, in fact, they're not okay. They kill tens of thousands of people every year in this country. And, uh, and, that's, and, and that's not disclosed because we gloss over it. We gloss over the side effects of what we do. And your experience, I mean, terrible and tragic potentially. And fortunately, you probably had some, some wherewithal to, uh, to get yourself healthy and become an active partner in your healing. And that's exactly what people need to do. Um, well, I think that's huge. I think that's so huge, and I know that Bart would agree. You know, Bart worked with uh, pro sports athletes literally his entire career, um, and so did I. And it is always amazing to me how people know more about the features on their car than they do their body. So, you know, it's and I think it's twofold. I think it's actually the responsibility of the medical community we can like throw ourselves into this kind of hybrid health category the alternative people at the end of the day don't you think dr tick that it all just boils down to 
getting patients and practitioners passionate again about actually being healthy? About health, exactly. And we have to get health back in health care. Right, <laughs> right. Now, and care. Right, <laughs> yeah, right now it's medicine that's there. We have a medical system. We have a disease management system. We have to change our, our philosophy for, away from this quick fix. I mean, you look at, I mean, so many of the athletes, I'm sure not the ones you work with because you, you indoctrinate them properly, you teach them, but so many of them are popping, popping ibuprofen and other non like their Tic Tacs just to keep going, and they don't recognize that that interferes with their healing, the healing of their tendons, their muscles, their cartilage, and even their bones, and causes significant health problems, even if they're young and healthy, uh, kidney damage and, and stomach damage and, and sudden death. Well, I can tell um, so, you, I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, and you know, I took everything that's now banned, whatever the anti-inflammatory of the day was, and it does. It will eat your stomach eventually, you know. So it's kind of like, I, you know, I'm not opposed to to um, anti-inflammatories or steroid shots. I'm just opposed to it being the very first thing that we do. You know, my mother from Alabama has a saying: "Start where your butt is," meaning. <laughs> Look at, like, did you sleep well last night? Like, are you hydrated? Have you stretched? You know, like, just start where you are instead of going from zero to 100 and saying, oh, my shoulder hurts. I think I'm going to go get a steroid shot. And again, I don't think that's the, the medical community. I think that's our sick society. Well, I think we feed into each other. I think our the society has become conditioned to expect quick fixes. Part of that has been uh, generated from the very beginnings of the pharmaceutical industry where, you know, it started with antibiotics. Antibiotics were brilliant. That was a silver bullet. And yeah. it, it created a situation where you went from having 50% of people who got pneumonia died to suddenly most of the people who got pneumonia lived. And so everybody thought that every new drug had that same dramatic silver bullet kind of effect. And the fact is that there are very few drugs that are silver bullets. Most of them are just treating symptoms. Most of them do not save your lives. And, and so we have to be careful of them, and we have to weigh the, the negative impact on our physiology against what the positive is. And that's what we've forgotten to do over the years. And I have to say, medical industry has been guilty of feeding into the pharmaceutical industry, being too close to them, believing what we're being told, not looking carefully enough at the data, and sometimes even creating fake data ourselves, which is really horrendous to think of. But so let's are, talk about that. I, is that kind of your number, like if you had to name your number one beef with the actual medical community, and let's isolate it just for the sake of this conversation to MDs, what is the biggest uh, cancer, so to speak, within the, the actual MD world, in your opinion? Uh, not giving full disclosure of what the risks are for every single thing we do. Because if we did that, number one, we would think more carefully about it. And number two, our patients would probably run to the store. <laughs> well, I think it's it's interesting. You know, I, I actually know some spine surgeons in California, and they're, they come to me for their back pain. And I said, you know, you're a back surgeon. Why don't you just have back surgery? And he's like, oh, it's too risky. And it's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> like, wait yeah. a minute, where is the disconnect there? So I'm so happy that we have you to kind of help bridge that gap. And I know for me, I feel like the bridge. I like to be almost like the translator between the two languages and just get the education into the hands of the patient. And then also back to the MD, because I think sometimes you get in that little bubble and you forget that they have a life outside of whatever that particular procedure is. I know Bart encountered that in the pro sports world. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, and not just pro sports and college sports, really in general, there's so much money getting thrown around in sports. It's it's really hard on the athlete to make the right decision and the athlete's family. They're they're trying to get their kid through a school year, and he loves football, and he got hurt, and they want to prolong their career. Well. The, first, the quickest way to do that is surgery and get the healing process started, but it's also more like the laziest way, too. Well, and I've also seen a case. I like to tell stories by telling stories, and I was working with, let me not name a name. I was working with a baseball player uh, at the pro level, and everyone was telling him for this groin that he needed to have surgery. And I'm like, but there isn't a surgery really to to fix what his issue was because it was really mechanical. He kept overstressing it by the stride. And they were in the pennant race, so they're like, oh, we're definitely not going to do surgery on this guy, but we'll do it right when the season's over. And I worked with him during the whole pennant race. He was completely healthy, and then guess what happened at the end of the season? Surgery. He had surgery for absolutely no reason. So that's a microcosm in pro sports that is going on in the real world. So I'm so sorry. I literally am on a soapbox, but I have to go to commercial break right here. So we'll be right back uh, with rock star and author, Dr. Heather Tick, MD. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Billionaire Healthcare, brought to you by the amazing Fascia Blaster. We believe the body was designed to heal itself. Families were meant to care for one another and that the connective tissue fascia is vital to human health. We believe that society derailed and abandoned the natural trajectory and that itises, syndromes, cellulite, and other issues are preventable. There's just a better way. The inception of that better way starts with the fascia, and the first step is the fascia blaster. The fascia blaster restores the fascia by separating the adhesions at the surface that distort the skin and penetrating those layers that contort and misalign the body. Not to mention it ends cellulite because it simply doesn't exist. The fascia blaster turns back the hands of time and revitalizes you, young or aging, athletic or sedentary, men and women. The fascia blaster is for you. Treat yourself like a billionaire. Become a blaster today. Visit fasciablaster.com. That's F-A-S-C-I-A blaster.com. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Wellness. 
You are listening to Billionaire Healthcare. To connect with our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to bh at ashleyblackguru.com. Now, back to Billionaire Healthcare. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ashley Black, and I also have with me Bart Jameson and Heather Tick, MD. And we were about to get on a soapbox. It's a good thing we had a commercial break. Um, so what we're talking about today is how we have a healthcare system that doesn't necessarily address health and there's not a lot of care. And just how do we bridge the gap between MDs, the medical community, the medical institution, the patients, and and everything else in between. And I know that Dr. Tick feels the same way I do. Anybody that goes out of their way to write a book, let me tell you, that is not an easy process. That's someone who wants to educate the world. So thank you, um, Dr. Tick, for your contribution in that book. And by the way, it is going up on our page in a link. So anyone that wants to get it, she sells it on Amazon. It's it's awesome. So I want to dive into some of the topics in her book. And I think one of the biggest things that we want to talk about is over-medicating and also over-injecting. So, Dr. Tick, I'm just going to let you take the lead. You are such an expert at this, and that part of the book was one of my favorite. Okay. So, basically, um, whatever we put in our mouth changes our body's chemistry. So, if we change our body chemistry with food, our body knows what to do with those molecules. If we change our body chemistry with drugs, it's a more dramatic change, and so there's more potential for side effects. The other thing that very rarely gets taken into account is that when you take a single drug, so you're taking a new molecule into your body that your body has to then cope with, detoxify, and excrete. But it's not just one molecule, because that molecule goes through your liver, and for the vast majority of drugs, it gets changed into at least one other molecule, which might be one or two or three, because there might be, those are called metabolites. So things get slightly changed. So now you have several different molecules wandering around your body. And then if you take a second drug or a third drug, and I mean, I sometimes see people who are 30 years old who are on 30 drugs. And so they're on 30 new chemicals with at least another 30 metabolites, and nobody's ever checked really to see what happens with all that mess in there that your body now has to cope with. Well, what's so interesting in the relationship to my group and my audience is, you know, I always tell people the stickiest substance in the body is the fascia. And when you put all of those chemicals into your cells, um, they can get trapped there. And one of the things that we're seeing, and it's crazy, Dr. Tick, I don't know if you know this or not, but we, by the probably 100,000 people now are using the fascia blaster and their detox symptoms are so severe. I'm talking vomiting. We actually had someone pass out. You know, so to talk about the effects, you know, the, the fascia blaster and releasing the fascia blast, fascia is just one of the, you know, kind of testers and bars for or what we're actually doing to our body. And it tends to be the people who were in chronic pain and are taking the, the drugs that actually start to, uh, you know, change the neuro uh, science yeah. and the uh, actual brain chemicals. 
And, and actually, all, all of us have toxicity because we live in an environment where we have at least 80,000 new chemicals that got released within the last 75 years. And, and you're absolutely right. And I want to share my experience with the fascia blaster, uh, which I happen to love. Um, and, uh, and really, kudos for having developed it. It's such a brilliant uh, device and, and really does work well. Um, and, but I, I found that. I found like, oh, my God, I'm detoxing. And I could feel it. And so what I needed to do is I take an Epsom salts bath afterwards and really try mm-hmm. and soak out some of, some of the toxics and, and uh, do whatever I can to get them out of my system with my diet and things. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and you know, that, that's one area. I mean, you asked me before for the one thing that's, that's a, a, a pet peeve with medicine. Another one is just this, um, med- we never learned about fascia. We still don't teach adequately about fascia, even currently in medical schools, in the MD schools. The DOs learn more about it, but the MDs don't. And it is such a huge component of our health. You can't be healthy if you don't have healthy fascia. Fascia is the only thing that really connects us physically from the top of our head to the bottom of our toes and goes in every direction, sends symptoms potentially in all sorts of different crisscrossing ways through our body and is such an avenue for intervention where we can do so much good. And so, I mean, it's, it's really an untapped market for sure, but... I'm I'm so curious, why do you think that it hasn't made its way into MD? Because if you go back and look at the history of fascia, you know, it's not new. Da Vinci was the first one to draw it. You know, that's a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. So wh- what do you think that happened? Because I definitely see a correlation in terms of the history of time when surgery and uh, pharmaceuticals came on the scene that we literally just abandoned yeah. it. We just yeah, abandoned it, it all yeah, together, and it, it never surfaced again. Like, I can even speak to the DO profession. Even though you may learn a little bit more about fascia, they're not learning manual manipulation techniques, at least not in school. You can learn them afterwards. Mm-hmm. So so what do you right. think happened? I mean, I think for sure uh, pharma and uh, surgery came in, but maybe it goes back to money. I can tell you people ask me all the time, you know, why don't you think fascia's made it into mainstream medicine? And I think, why, why would it? There's no financial real benefit. To the practitioner, not for a big company, there isn't. So yeah. I think there's two things. I think one is that uh, uh, you, you mentioned surgery. So how do we, for years, how have we been dissecting bodies with knives? What does a knife do to fascia? Scrapples. You miss most of it. You cut through most of it, and you think it's useless. And even well, and you cut like straight down versus sideways. You know, because I've done dissection of the fascia, but you have to completely change the technique to lay in that knife sideways. And I don't even think, other than people who are specifically going to look at fascia, do it that way. I don't know any school of thought. Uh, I, I, I want to chime in real quick. Sorry, sorry. I was in grad school a couple years ago, and the first thing they told us to do was cut away the sticky crap known as fascia. It's not important. (laughs) And I I was looking, I was already two years as an intern with Ashley just trying to help her out. And that was the first thing I was like, raised my eyebrows. I was like, uh,. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'll you see, do it because I muscles, need the grade, but <laughs> muscles get no respect. Muscles. I learned where muscles were in medical school, so I would know where to cut to get to what was important inside. And fascia got even less respect than that. Um, and so I think part of it is that we weren't looking for it in the right way. And the other thing is that what happens is medicine follows the research. We like to think of ourselves as evidence based. 
that's, oh, yeah. it's, it's not it's not totally true, but we like to think that way. And so what happens is pharmaceutical companies tend to be the ones that have the money to invest mm-hmm. to invest in major research studies. So if drugs get studied, then we think that drugs have more evidence, and we ignore everything else. And it's fit everybody's protocol because there's more money to be made in making a drug than there is in learning how to train people to stretch properly and deal with their own fascia. So I think it, I think it's it's at least those two, and then uh, yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. And then you have to unlearn, you know, when you have to to change a whole, um, I mean, generations of physicians have just thought of fascia as junk. So trying to start. Oh, the, girl, uh, you are preaching to the choir. I, I was sharing with you yesterday, you know, I got asked to be a speaker at Major League Baseball for all of the United States. And, um, you know, I thought I was given a great talk <laughs> about mm-hmm. how fascia closed the joints. And, you know, 50% of the people completely dismissed it. 30 people were, 30% were probably like, ah, you know, and then there were 20% of the people that, you know, they, they thought it was brilliant. And it was literally like just fascia 101. And I think it was that moment that I realized, you know what, trying to stab it through medicine is probably not the way to go, that the people who care about it are the people who are suffering. And that's how I came across everything as a patient. And so that's what I'm trying to do with my group of, um, you know, women, and now we're getting lots more men, is actually, you know, have them start to take responsibility for asking those questions. And I have actually found on our page that they are taking the fascia blaster, they're taking their bruises and they're saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And it's pretty awesome. I do have to speak to this, you know, even though we do have a long way to go, it's completely different than it was 10 years ago. And I feel like not only medicine, but also alternative care people are are starting to get more on the bandwagon of blending. So I'm Mm -hmm. very happy about that. But I do, before we go to the uh, break, I want to talk about um, injections because I think what's happened is, you know, I think people are like scared of surgery but they feel like injections are a little safer or they'll say oh well you know my doctor he he errs on the side of caution he starts with you know spinal blocks (laughs) or steroid Mm -hmm. injections so I want to talk specifically about steroid injections okay so um, I'm not very fond of steroid injections unless it's for very very specific situations so if you know a lot of steroids get injected into joints for example now if you have a rheumatoid arthritic joint Injecting steroids may preserve your joint for longer because you have this active inflammatory process. But if you have an osteoarthritic joint, if you have a wear and tear joint, if you have a torn labrum, if you have any of those things, you're going to actually wear out your joint faster by injecting steroids into it. And so, uh, and so I think that's a stop the presses thing because I, I can also tell you that people are okay, so. You're so above the bar, I have to tell you, Dr. Tick, because the people that come scraping onto my page, and I, I guarantee you they're going to be chiming in right this second, um, they're just diagnosed with arthritis. They don't even know what it is. And I'm talking about, you know, the golfer who's 30 years old that has a quote-unquote arthritic knee. You know, these it really is just a wear and tear condition, but because they get this arthritis diagnosis, they immediately get thrown into 
that's their fate for the rest of your, their life. So for all the women who I, they're typing in right now, um, you know, people with neck fusions, with the arthritis, what, what can you tell them specifically about injections and maybe what else they could try even before going to that level? And the precautions. Um, well, I mean, there, there, you've just touched on just a vast number of, of issues. One is the whole way we use diagnosis in medicine, where we give somebody a chronic diagnosis, and basically what we're telling them is it's just going to get worse. So we'll do something preemptive, or we'll just wait for you to get worse. But without any idea that, you know, this could actually heal, you can build back cartilage, you can improve the architecture of your bones, and the x-rays, the imaging that we do, has very little correlation to what actually is the function of the person and what their symptoms are. So you could have people with identical x-rays and one can't walk and one is an Olympic athlete and doing just fine with no... No, I, this is such a soapbox of mine. In fact, we have to go to commercial break, but when I come back, that's what I want to talk about is um, how can we overcome this idea that our MRI or PET scan or whatever tells us everything because it doesn't. And I, I also want you, uh, Dr. Tick, thinking about the ways that we really can look inside the body correctly at the chemistry and and what we can do from the outside besides that, because that is a a massive platform that, that I'm so passionate about. So we'll talk about that right after this commercial break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Billionaire Healthcare, brought to you by the amazing Fascia Blaster. We believe the body was designed to heal itself. Families were meant to care for one another and that the connective tissue fascia is vital to human health. We believe that society derailed and abandoned the natural trajectory and that itises, syndromes, cellulite, and other issues are preventable. There's just a better way. The inception of that better way starts with the fascia, and the first step is the fascia blaster. The fascia blaster restores the fascia by separating the adhesions at the surface that distort the skin and penetrating those layers that contort and misalign the body. Not to mention it ends cellulite because it simply doesn't exist. The fascia blaster turns back the hands of time and revitalizes you. Young or aging, athletic or sedentary, men and women, the fascia blaster is for you. Treat yourself like a billionaire. Become a blaster today. Visit FashaBlaster.com. That's F-A-S-C-I-A Blaster.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Billionaire Health Care. To connect with our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to bh at ashleyblackguru.com. Now, back to Billionaire Healthcare. Welcome back, you guys. The um, commercial breaks are, tend to be the best parts of the show, so I want, I want to revisit some of the stuff that we were talking about. Um, you know, I think all of our passion here is to help push the needle on society, and I don't mean the physical needle. I mean, let's let's get to the tipping point to where the crowds are demanding it. And um, Dr. Tick, you were talking about how people are hungry for it, and I can tell you my Facebook and the response to the fascia blaster and how cook I have literally the largest closed group on all of Facebook. I'm the number one product that comes up on Google when you type in the word fascia. Um, and this is in less than two years. So people are hungry for it and numbers don't lie and neither does Google. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you think they're hungry for? Well, first off, I want to say that I just kudos to you for what you're doing because you are so far ahead of the curve and the absolute right approach is to go out there and get the information to people because they're the ones who have the most to gain. And when they hear it, they know that it's right. They know that it, that it speaks to their reality. So when I, for example, when I meet patients, so I mean, I, I don't do, I do a lot of teaching, but some of what I do is see patients as well. And One of the most revolutionary things that I say to them is, I don't really care what your diagnosis is. You you can heal from you know from where you are right now. Your body has the ability to heal some of the problems you have, and you can function and you can feel better. You are not limited by your diagnosis in 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 this absolute way, where you have some girl. The angels are singing. I mean, that's the biggest message we could ever give someone is don't get boxed in by a diagnosis. Half the times it's just a set of symptoms anyway. And I don't understand, maybe you can shed some light on this. Why do we think cartilage can't regrow? Why do we think discs can't regrow? I don't understand what happened in society where we all of a sudden, you know, took the power of blood away and, you know, food for that matter. Yeah, well, it's because we don't have patience with a CE. Um, It's because food works slowly, subtly. You take a drug and it's boom, bang. Um, Same thing with cartilage. Cartilage heals, but it heals slowly. Slowly. So, you know, people used to think, well, let's just go and scrape it away, and then it won't hurt you so much because it'll be a regular shape. And then they found out that that actually makes you worse. And and the other thing is is that we have to get over the idea that, that... what we do for imaging, that, that the x-ray determines what's going to happen to us and determines our health. And it doesn't. Um, oh, well, I can speak to that from a, a personal level as well. I mean, if you MRI'd me, I don't know uh, if you got the whole backstory, Dr. Tick, but I've had 22 surgeries. I mean, I had a flesh-eating bacteria. They, you know, had to go, my whole mm-hmm. inside of my bones are, are terrible. Um, I've got rods, pins, uh, my spine collapsed. I have no disc matter in certain places. And a couple of weeks ago, I dropped out of a helicopter in Canada. And, uh, you know, snowboarded the Alpine. So if you if you're just looking at MRIs, um, most people would look at that MRI and say, well, this person's probably in a wheelchair or in chronic pain or on all kinds of drugs, which I'm not. So how do we uh, just irritate? How do we get out of this? How do we get out of the imaging 
being yeah. the diagnostic tool because it's only a piece of the story. It's only a small piece. And so what we have to do is know what good things are good for. So when you go to a doctor, an MD-style doctor, um, often what we're best for is telling you what you don't have. You don't have something that's going to kill you in the next, you know, month. And, and well, and that's huge. That I don't want to make it sound like imaging is not important. I just want to make sure that when people go get the image and the, and the doctor receives the image that everyone gets on the same page about the limitations. You know, if you find a lump or you find, you know, something detached, that's information that we most certainly need, but it's still not the whole story. So how do, how do you help my viewers? Cause my whole show is about empowering um, the yeah. people to take this into their hands. How, what can they look for? What questions can they ask? How do they interface with their doctor when it comes to this issue of imaging? Well, the, I think one of the things is, is really to, uh, I mean, you can ask the question, but you might not even get the right answer, which is how many people who are out there walking around feeling no pain, having no symptoms, would have an x-ray that looks just like mine? Right. Um, so, because, you know, based on your age, if you're 50 years old, you have a 50% chance of having some abnormality on your, on your MRI of your spine. Mm-hmm. If you're 60 year old, 60, 60 year old, you have a, a 60% chance. That means if you're 30 years old, if you're young, healthy, and nothing's wrong, you have a 30% chance of having an abnormality. And in medicine, we just tend to give that to people as a, as a final statement of degeneration, and degeneration always goes in one direction. Um, and that, uh, you know, there is, there's very little way of getting that information properly out of the medical system. I think we have to learn to listen to it differently. And so we have to say, okay, uh, now I know where there are some issues. I'm going to go to somebody who knows how about healing, not mm-hmm. about treating disease, but about healing. And about well, and I think that's where your book comes in because I think, and again, I've, I've put up the links for you know everyone to see. I think it's actually even on the Voice America, but you know, I, I don't even like the word holistic that much anymore because it's getting convoluted as to what it is. I I know what holistic yeah. means. I know what you mean, but how how do we cut through the BS basically and make sure that we get the right books um, and get the right information? Because I don't think that most normal people even know how to interview a doctor. So maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, they don't. And that's why I actually spent the last chapter of my book talking about that. Like, how do you interpret what the doctor says? And, and unfortunately, what we need are teams. We need teams with people like you and Bart on the team. Um, the doctor can be part of the team to make sure that, you know, medically we're not going to miss something that, that needs to be looked after urgently, like a nutrition, for example. Um, but, uh, but we need a team and we need team members who, who people relate with and who understand healing. Um, and that's really the big, the biggest part of this. How, you know, how do you get people to move? How do you get them to function? What the x-ray looks like or the MRI looks, looks like isn't really relevant if you can get them to function properly. And as you say, I have dozens of patients, many, many patients, more than dozens, who have, and you look at their, their imaging and you think they should be in a wheelchair and they're out there and they're doing everything that they want to do and they're not limited. So what, what, how do you get to, to that place? And right now, we don't have in place in our, in our healthcare medical community yet, um, 
teams of people who are set up who, who deal with this. I used to have a clinic in Toronto that did this, and it was wonderful, and it lasted for about 10 years, and it was great. Um, it's very financially unsustainable in, in this system. Um, it, even though that was Canada, but it's equally unsustainable in, in the U.S. It's very, very difficult to have that kind of a team. So Let me tell you, I had that themselves. too, and it was a financial failure, and I think that we can... We don't have to speak to it. I think everybody understands that, you know, when you're doing a collective approach and you're getting people well and they're empowered to help take care of themselves and they're using, you know, food and stretching and things like that, there's no more, there's no more patience. And there's also not a huge uh, markup for profit. Exactly. Exactly. And we're not using the expensive things that do have a huge markup, like the drugs and the surgeries and the procedures. And I'd just love to talk for a second about food because food is so powerful. You change your body chemistry every time you eat. You either make it more inflamed or less inflamed. And everybody knows what inflammation does. It gives you more, it gives you an increased acidity in the body, which is more wear and tear. It gives you more pain. Decreased inflammation helps with healing. And so I just wanted to mention, I got this great uh, ebook that's called uh, Easy Ingredient Substitutes to Help Reduce Your Pain and Fight and find your optimal weight and uh, do it without dieting. And uh, if you if you go to my website, uh, hheatherchickmd.com. Um, we just up. posted it, by the way, we'll for those of you who are following. Right away. Yeah, uh, we've, it'll just pop straight into your inbox. And that gives you a lot of to-dos so, that you can start with, 15 things you can start with today. And, uh, and then I think the, the information that, that, uh, that you've got uh, uh, in terms of your approach, Ashley, to, to health, to healing, I love what you said about Sasha and, and its stickiness. Um, I mean, it's there, it is sticky to try and detoxify us, but when, when we overwhelm it with oh, yeah. too much toxicity, it, mm-hmm. it, can't, it can't cope. And so dealing with the fascia is a huge, huge, uh, has a major impact on, on people's health, overall health. Well, I wish we had like a five-hour show. I keep getting these messages about my commercial breaks, but I do want to just piggyback what you said, and Bart can probably piggyback what you said. We also did a show a couple of weeks ago with um, a specialist in nutrition. And, you know, if you're not looking at what you're putting in your body, then you really can't even determine how healthy you are or are not same thing with hydration to me i throw fascia blasting and stretching and heating and exercise and all that and it's like how can we even be doing a diagnosis without looking at those things and i know everybody's going to be like give me the information give me the information we just don't simply have time on one radio show but what we can do is spark the conversation and then you guys i have you have full access to me i have an inbox i swear to you we get 4,000 messages a day and we vet them. Bart and I go through them. I have a team of people. You know, if you need an advocate or you need someone just to help, you know, cheer you on and get you in the right direction, um, we are more than happy to provide that service for free. So I am all about creating this movement, pulling the team together and, and getting people the answers that they want without having to go, you know, completely crazy or into a depression because they've received a diagnosis. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Make sure that all the resources are available and we have one more segment uh, and I can't wait. It's so great. You guys stay with us and we'll be right back with Dr. Tick and Bart Jameson.
life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Billionaire Healthcare, brought to you by the amazing Fascia Blaster. We believe the body was designed to heal itself. Families were meant to care for one another and that the connective tissue fascia is vital to human health. We believe that society derailed and abandoned the natural trajectory and that itises, syndromes, cellulite, and other issues are preventable. There's just a better way. The inception of that better way starts with the fascia, and the first step is the fascia blaster. The fascia blaster restores the fascia by separating the adhesions at the surface that distort the skin and penetrating those layers that contort and misalign the body. Not to mention it ends cellulite because it simply doesn't exist. The Fascia Blaster turns back the hands of time and revitalizes you. Young or aging, athletic or sedentary, men and women, the Fascia Blaster is for you. Treat yourself like a billionaire. Become a blaster today. Visit FasciaBlaster.com. That's F-A-S-C-I-A Blaster.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Billionaire Healthcare. To connect with our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to bh at ashleyblackguru.com. Now, back to Billionaire Healthcare. Hey, everybody, welcome back. You know, the thing that's so beautiful about live feedback, um, and we're looking at all the questions, they're literally coming in every couple of seconds here. Um, I think what I'd like to do, we had planned to do something different, but I think the three diagnoses that we see the most on our page are fibromyalgia, some type of joint ish pain um, and back pain. And so I would love from the MD perspective, also with Dr. Tick being a fascia blaster user, let's kind of pull it all together and talk about what we really should be doing um, and what what are the limitations of what, what we're trying and also where does medicine you know fall and where can it be um, a benefit. So I want to start with fibromyalgia. Well, fibromyalgia is a totally huge um, diagnostic category, and I'd like to say I don't think it's a diagnosis. I can, hold on, can we stop right there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. show's over. Fibromyalgia doesn't exist. I can tell you, no, I no, got not that it doesn't but, not that it doesn't exist. No, that it's but it's not, not a, a diagnosis. diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly believe people are suffering. Oh I God, no believe kidding. them. Mm-hmm. But but a diagnosis is like strep throat. You know what causes it, you know what fixes it, and it's all a nice little package. Yep. And when we, when we make it into a diagnosis, we, we, we pretend that it's more of a package than it really is. Because, as you know, I mean, from all the people you see with fibromyalgia, when, you, you, when you've seen one fibromyalgia, you've seen one fibromyalgia. They're all different, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. You know, there's common features, but you have to approach each person separately. There are some common things, though, that people can do. People with fibromyalgia, by and large, are toxic. Their bodies are overwhelmed with toxins, and it affects their their uh, fascia. It affects their muscles. It affects their brain. Um, 
Diet is huge because diet is a big way of detoxing. Making sure people sleep is also huge. Sleep is really, really important for your body to recover. And stress. Stress is, you know, if you aren't stressed before you get fibromyalgia, you're yep. stressed by it. Yeah. So one you, way or you stay another. stay in that constant state of fight or flight. So exactly. that she, exactly. you, you're mirroring a show we did two or three weeks ago. I mean, really, it does come down to, you know, what is the condition of your tissue? Because that sends a message to the brain and back, you know, that fight or flight. What are you putting in your mouth? Are you hydrated? Are you stressed? Are you sleeping? I bet that we could eradicate those symptoms with just those simple little things that you just mentioned. So let's move on to back pain. Um, And it's a huge category, um, but I want to speak specifically to the one, I hear it every day and it's literally like fingernails down the chalkboard that they have a bulging disc or a herniated disc or, uh, you know, uh, stenosis or something like that. And by the way, we do have a show, go ahead and post it. I did a show on back pain, but I just want to touch on what, what that is. And why is it so misunderstood? Well, it's because there's so many different tissues in there that could be causing the back pain. It could be muscle, fascia, tendon, uh, um, all the nerve plexuses that, that run around there. It could be your posture. You're twisted in a particular way, and so that closes down one of the areas that a nerve passes through. But, it's you know, you don't need surgery to fix that thing. You need your posture and alignment corrected. You need to start using your muscles properly. One of the major problems we have with with back goes back to uh, it was identified by Ida Rolf who developed Rolfing and yep. that the psoas muscle is yep oh we talk about it all the time on my page yeah. for sure so so we're sedentary so we have a tight psoas it doesn't function properly so how do we how do we do that that affects our posture from our head all the way down to our toes and well, Dr. Tick you know what's so interesting is we actually analyze posture for free on our page and Bart is the one that does the most of it Bart share with them what you see almost every time and again we're talking about thousands and thousands of just free data of people sending in their pictures either they have an increased lordosis or kyphotic back or they're externally rotated on one side which is causing a uh, externally rotated of the shoulders and it's really the most easily Jammed hips. Jammed hips, ankles, um, torsion. Um, and there's just really easy to – your posture, your your body wants to go where it's the, – the natural joints motion. Like the body is made to move a certain way. It's the, the bones are designed to move certain directions. The problem with it is our body just is great at telling – certain things to stop so we can just keep going so we can keep moving we're the world's greatest compensators instead exactly. of going back we need like a total redo okay great so yeah. i love that on back pain what was the last one? Oh, the joint pain and the injections and the, the, so we the saw unnecessary it. surgeries so, but so i see jam joints every single day on i'm sure you'd love to talk about this dr tick but someone on the show uh, asked about synvisc injections which we know is just for osteoarthritis usually in uh-huh. the knee from what i've seen and if I remember correctly, you can only get them once every six to eight months. And uh, insurance, pay, it's really expensive with insurance. And it's pretty much just putting natural fluid back into a joint, which your body makes naturally through blood flow. Is that right? Right. It, 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 does, it, gives, it can give you a little bit of space, and so it can give you a little bit of relief uh, without doing too much damage. It's one of the ones that I'm not terribly against. It can give you a bit of a, of a of more of a cushion, 
but only should be used if they're going to then go and correct all the biomechanics Ugh. through what you're saying, which is Preach. let's look at yeah, let's, let's use it as a as a way of getting a little more physical therapy and uh, and uh, activity into the person, and and then it can be used. I mean, these days one of the things we should talk about are the regenerative therapies, like um, Regenicine uh, or do, PRP, or is that what you're talking about? Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and prolotherapy. Uh, for, Insurance for still doesn't pay for PRP though. That's a big problem. It's one. It's still still considered experimental. In I some know, states, and so you so mm-hmm. like, hey, a PRP would be great. I when I'm using on plenty of athletes. Um, oh, and just for which, those of <laughs> you who don't know about PRP and Regenekine, like if you lived in Beverly Hills, you would. This now they're starting to like inject it into people's face uh, for vanity. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's just that it's it you know it takes a little while to get across the country. Um, mm-hmm. But the PRP is just uh, these are these are all ways to kind of give yourself super blood and whatnot. And it, it was funny because we had Kathleen, who's our resident neuroscience over here, yesterday, and we were kind of talking about like why do you need super blood? Why can't you just have more of your blood? Because then you would have the same amount of PRP. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, you know, I think it goes back to what we've been saying this whole time. Like, get your body to the best state that you can and then start, you know, looking at these things. But w- I also want you to give the risk of, uh, like, a steroid injection. Because I don't think people know. I think people think, ah, you yeah. know, I'll just go ahead and throw that in there. But I know I've had to go in and break up scar tissue. Um, what what other risk are we looking at, Dr. Tick? Well, uh, it, they raise your blood sugar. So I've had people who are diabetics and pre-diabetics whose blood sugar went absolutely crazy from a finger being injected, which is a tiny amount of steroid. Uh, but it also wears down tissues. So, um, as you said, it can cause scarring. It can cause total atrophy of muscles and tendons. And I've had a patient at one point who had an injection into her into her um, uh, her elbow for tennis elbow. It wasn't into the joint; it was into the tendon, and she lost all those muscles and tendons. Mm. I mean, it was absolutely horrifying. And and I mean, I've the next seen thing that we too. Talked about is Botox that people use, and um, I think there's. Uh, there's also risk to Botox that doesn't get uh, doesn't get adequately um, uh, assessed and analyzed. Are you seeing a lot of that for orthopedic issues, uh, or like neurological issues, some, headaches, things like that? Yeah, for head. Yeah, a lot of it for headaches. They've done it for. I mean, there's some. Yeah, there's there's certain of the tendon issues, which are movement problems, and so they paralyze the muscle instead of trying to yeah. retrain the brain in a neuroplastic way. Well, we are down. I can't believe it. I feel like I just want to have you over by the pole to keep talking. But um, we have one minute, and I want to make sure that you get your message to the people. So I would say, what are your top two things that you would like to see people do? And I'm just talking about patients or MDs, whatever. Um, Top two things to add to your life and top two things to delete from your life. And that is, you got one minute. So Give it to them, girl. <laughs> okay. Top two things to add to your life are uh, join the movement. Uh, look after your own health and find those of us who are leading this movement, like Ashley, like Healthcare Right Side Up, and, uh, and, and inform yourself. Um, uh, the other thing to add to your food, add vegetables. If you do nothing else with your diet, if you just add vegetables, you will be making a huge difference. Thank top two things to get rid of. One Get rid of sugar um, and, and get rid of your, your belief that, that we in medicine know things for certain. Um, really interrogate 
do you, what do you really know for certain? And if those are the statistics, how do I know, you know, which part of the statistics apply to me? So there's, you know, there's a 50% chance of something. Well, which 50% do I lie on and how do I figure that out? And do you have any way of knowing that I should think of myself pessimistically? Because if you don't, I'm going to think of myself optimistically and just have faith in my, in my body's ability to heal. Well, and even that thought alone we know can start to cure the body, and I'm living proof of that. So thank you so much for joining us. And um, Those of you who are following us on the Facebook feed, we're going to stay on for a Q&A and try to answer some of your questions. But what a great, uh, great show, Dr. Tick. I hope that all of my whole audience jumps over and starts following you as well. It's a huge uh, service that you're doing for the world and I'm so happy to be a part of it. Thank you everybody. We will see you back next Wednesday. I think we have five more shows this season of Billionaire Healthcare right here on Voice America Network. Thank you for tuning in this week. Billionaire Healthcare with Ashley Black can be heard live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, be the best you.